0: Hi folks, Neil here. We want to help answer all your questions about London. That's why you can listen to this guide in the Circa app for iPhone and get all the show notes, pictures, maps, and links you need to find everything we tell you about in this London guide. Best of all, in the Circa app, you can message a Circa concierge. You can get any question about London answered by real people right here. The latest galleries, West End shows, how to do the big attractions right, how to use the tube, or to find an absolutely beautiful Sunday roast right now. We are giving you a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people, no AI ever. And for a limited time, it's completely free. The Circuit Travel app is available in the App Store right now or at circatravel.com. <sighs>
1: Welcome to Circa. In this Play Here episode of our London Guide, we'll be talking about all the wonderful places to go and things to do with kids in London. But even if you don't have kids, these are still some pretty awesome experiences and insider info to keep in your back pocket. And as always, don't worry, there'll be loads of maps, notes and info on every place mentioned in this guide in the Circa Travel app. So, sit back, put your headphones on, And let me tell you about the playground that is London. Let's have some fun. Circa. Love the world you live in and we'll help you explore it. There's a bright sun casting rays over the River Thames as you and your gang gear up for some good old British urban adventures. You take in London's spectacular skyline from Blackfriars Bridge as red double-decker buses, black cabs and commuters whiz past. Big Ben and the London Eye grab your attention and a very familiar London smell of roasting honey-coated nuts wafts by from the cellars who line the riverbank. It might seem like the giant metropolis that is London is a bad idea for little people, but actually it's packed with jaw-dropping experiences youngsters will love. Besides all the handy hacks and shortcuts to cheap tickets, free public transport and discounted entertainment, arts and theatre, there's also loads of city-wide outdoor activities you can jump into for free. So let's go and play in London. To keep things simple, we're going to organise this guide as a week of daily itineraries. Of course, these can be mixed and matched, but it'll give you a feeling for how the city is organised and how long you might want to spend in any one part of town doing any one activity. Everything here is for kids of all ages, and yes, that does include you, the adults. A note on eating, which will be high on any parent's lists of things to figure out while you're here. Plenty of restaurants have kids' menus, or will create kids' sized portions. Just ask. As for pubs, some of them get rowdy at times, usually after work, when Londoners like to wind down after the working day with a pint or two. But more often than not, pubs are a family-friendly option. Expect simple pub meals like fish and chips, pies, sandwiches, or baked potatoes with different fillings. A safe bet for the fussy eaters. Even better, many pubs provide kids toys, playpens, coloring in books, placemats and crayons to keep the kids occupied while you wait. Some more tips. Number 1. Download and book transportation cards, passes and apps before you get here so you can literally hit the ground running. Number 2. If you can, get the London Pass, arguably the best of the city's family discount cards, that gets you and your gang into more than 80 different museums, galleries, rides, landmarks and royal monuments for less than a regular ticket. Number three. If you're planning on taking your kiddos into those big department stores like Harrods or Hamley's, the world-famous kids' toy shop, keep them close. Better still, create an obvious meeting point in case someone wanders off and gets lost. Number four, pack layers and definitely include sweaters, raincoats, sunscreen and umbrellas. You never know when you might get stuck in a downpour or hit by a chilly breeze. London's loads of fun but definitely unpredictable when it comes to the weather. Number five, keep a stash of 20p coins in your pocket for public street toilets. Many of them require this small fee to enter. There's always free loos in all the tube stations though, in case you get stuck. Number six, if you take the bus, get on the top deck of London's famous big red double-deckers. It'll give your kids a great view of the city's landmarks. Now let's get going. Sunday. For your first day in the Big Smoke, we've got two different options to dive into. First, an immersive day of learning, exploring and discovery indoors. And second, a day packed with epic outdoor activities in central London's standout parks and green spaces. If it's drizzling outside, let's go for the indoor option. But first, breakfast. London's not short on healthy on-the-go options for kids and you'll find your fair share near to public transport and tube station entrances. Keep your eyes open for Leon or Pure, both some cheap choices with healthy, kid-friendly food. In South Kensington, you're faced with a wonderful dilemma. Which amazing museum to tackle first? It's a tough call when you consider that this part of the city is home to the Science Museum, the Natural History Museum, Kensington Palace, the Royal Albert Hall, the V&A Museum, as well as a handful of other mind-blowing places for kids and adults alike. The Science Museum attracts over 3 million visitors a year, and for good reason. It's free to get in, but some of the exhibitions or IMAX screenings you'll have to book and pay for. Once inside, there's 300,000 scientific and medical items to work through. Kids can dive into 50 different experiments and experiences in the museum's true highlight, the Wonder Lab. Here you'll see how lightning strikes for real, or travel through space under a canopy of stars before jumping into a flight simulator. After this science fest, everyone's probably ready for a pit stop. The Brompton Food Market is two minutes from the Science Museum in Thurlow Place. It's a super friendly deli with a lovely secret back garden oasis to escape into. Once you've refueled with some brunchy Avon toast or maybe the cafe's lovely homemade lemon drizzle cake, let's hit up the Natural History Museum. London's Natural History Museum dates all the way back to 1753. Its origins are thanks to doctor and naturalist Sir Hans Sloan, Sloan collected natural history specimens and incredible cultural artefacts from all over the planet. He then had it written into his will that Parliament should buy these collections and share them with the public. It worked. When you're inside, remember to look up. On the gallery ceilings are tiles featuring different plants, while a giant 126-year-old blue whale skeleton is suspended in the Hintz Hall. She's called Hope and her bones alone weigh 4.5 tons. Inside this spectacular hall, grab an audio tour narrated by our British gem, Sir David Attenborough. Throughout the museum, there's over 70 million botanical items, 55 million animal exhibits, 9 million archaeological relics, and 500,000 rocks and minerals to compete for your eyes and your ears. Oh, there's also a 4.5 billion-year-old meteorite a gem as old as our solar system. Say what? To ensure you see everything, explore the museum one coloured zone at a time. A quick heads up here. The green zone is dedicated to birds, insects, fossils and minerals. This is where you'll find hope, that blue whale I was talking about. The red zone focuses more on Earth, planets and the universe. The orange zone leads you through the wildlife garden, which is open from April through to October. Meanwhile, the Blue Zone is dinosaur, amphibian, reptile and mammal related. Just remember to pre-book your free ticket and time slot online beforehand. We've linked this for you in the notes to make things easy and help you jump the queue as well. If you're already in the South Kensington area for the museums, outdoor shenanigans are easy. Kensington Gardens, Kensington Palace and nearby Hyde Park are basically on your doorstep Now, Kensington Gardens were once the private gardens of Kensington Palace and are part of London's eight spectacular Royal Parks. We've explored these in greater detail in the London Outdoors episode. Inside Kensington Gardens is a kiddo's paradise. The Princess Diana's Memorial playground. Inspired by the stories of Peter Pan, this wonderful play space features a giant wooden pirate ship, play sculptures, a sensory trail teepees, and even a beach to dig sandcastles in. It's best for kiddos between 3 and 8 years old, but kids up to 12 can enter. While you're here, there's two good options for a kiddie-approved bite to eat. The first is the Broadwalk Cafe, beside the Memorial Playground. Think stone-baked pizzas and veggie wraps while the ducks nip at your heels. For a treat, you could also drop into the Orangery. It's the only place in London where you can take afternoon tea in the grounds of a royal palace. This baroque pavilion was built for Queen Anne in 1704, who apparently used it for some upscale parties. Once you're all fed and watered, get the gang outside for one of the park's self-guided nature walks. You'll need to download the Go Jauntly app in advance. The More Than Bugs Walking Trail or longer Water Beetle Walk are both fun ways to see nature for kids between 6 and 10 years old. The second one takes you around the Serpentine in Hyde Park. Ah, the Serpentine. A tranquil spot of water that every kid and adult will love racing or rambling around. Located in the middle of Hyde Park, it's a popular spot for families to grab a rowing boat and get acquainted with the ducks and the many raucous swans, Between March and October, from 10am till sunset, you can rent family boats and pedalos at the boathouse on the northeast side of the lake. There's no lockers or storage though, so travel light. If your kiddos are actually happiest in the water, that's easy. The Serpentine's home to a lovely old Lido, which is also the UK's oldest swimming club. You don't need to be a member to pop some goggles on, and kids are super welcome if supervised. The swimming area of the Serpentine is open on weekends in May and then every day between June and September. And it only costs a few pounds each per person. If Stand Up Paddle gets your kiddos excited, head to Active 360 in Paddington. They've also got a sister branch over in Richmond, which is a little further out west. Groups of six and kids over ten can book in for private guided sup or canoe sessions or head off on a longer two-hour adventure down the River Thames. You can also rent your vessel of choice and take your time through the quiet waterways of London's 19th century Paddington Basin. It's located in Maida Vale, on the Grand Union Canal. This serene part of the city was once a route for boats, transporting global imports and raw commodities like wood and steel from the north of the UK. By this point I reckon everyone could use a little pet-me-up, right? No problem. The buzzy, rainbow-painted exterior of Darcy and May Green on the Grand Union Canal is a floating barge eatery and exhibition space that the kids will love. Inside are pieces of art designed exclusively by the godfather of British pop art, Sir Peter Blake. Food is excellent, generously portioned and Aussie-inspired. Think halloumi fries, popcorn prawns or barbecued chamula monkfish skewers. Their Sunday roast is also cracking if you find yourself here on the weekend. After a refuel, let's get off the canal via the Rembrandt Gardens. These are fairly secret and immaculately kept canal-side gardens that are also a short hop from London's only floating outdoor cinema, Open Air. Book ahead to hire a little circular eco-boat, which you'll then be able to moor in front of a big screen in the canals of Little Venice. Shows range from big-screen blockbusters to cult classics and even the odd family-friendly musical. Check the line-up before you go. After a show and an ice cream cone, let's do as Londoners do and have an early night in preparation for the week to come. Monday Today, we'll be basing ourselves around Regent's Park and Camden, which is in London's northwest. Check out the City Mapper app for your best route. It's free. At 166 hectares, Regent's Park stretches from Marylebone and Baker Street to the south and Camden in the north. There's plenty for families to dive into, including London's much loved zoo. It's been going since 1828, but it isn't just any old zoo. It's the world's oldest scientific zoo, with loads of interesting and rare species waiting for you, about 755 at last count. There's also tons of hands-on, one-off experiences to take your zoo adventures up a notch. Book the Giraffe Keeper experience and give kids the chance to step into the role of a real-life giraffe keeper. For something even more thrilling, book your gang in for an overnight sleepover in the zoo's Indian-inspired lion lodges. You'll feel far away from the city when you wake up to the sounds of roaring lions, singing gibbons, honking flamingos, and loads more of their own native wildlife. A lodge for four, which is two adults and two kids, up to the age of 13, starts from about £345. It's best booked at least three months in advance to be sure that you get the dates that you want. We've linked both experiences in the notes. Heading out of the zoo and into the southern section of Regent's Park, you'll stumble across the park's will-to-win tennis courts. If it's a sunny day and you're feeling energised, you can drop in and rent a court and rackets for either paddle or tennis. No membership, no problem. Take advantage of their pay-to-play system, and you can even bring under-16s for free between 3 to 6pm on weekdays when juniors play with an adult. Rackets are about £5 for hire, and then per person, fees for off-peak hours are between 11 and £15. For kids and adults, I really recommend a scented stroll through Queen Mary's garden, in the middle of the park. A world-famous garden. This is named after the wife of King George V. This incredible garden is home to the city's highest concentration of roses, about 12,000 at last count. Get your sniff on come June time when the collection's at it's most colourful and it's most scented. Let's leave via York Bridge, on the south side of Regent's Park, not far from the Boating Lake. This street is going to take us to an indoor must-do, Madame Tussauds. This flagship wax museum was named after Mary Tussauds who was taught how to wax model by a physician back in the 1700s. The Royal Family Room is a good excuse to give kids a little history lesson and they'll love meeting everyone from E.T. to Michael Jackson, Darth Vader or Captain America for all you Marvel fans. There's 14 interactive areas and over 300 famous faces for your kids to spot and a brilliant Star Wars section too. And if you go after 3 pm, chances are the queues will have died down and you'll get that selfie with Chewbacca way easier. Another solid contender in this part of town to enthrall the kids is the Sherlock Holmes Museum, just round the corner from Madden Two Swords at 221 Baker Street. It's a homage to London's iconic detective, and here you'll step back in time into Holmes's four story Georgian townhouse. There's knowledgeable guides in traditional Victorian costume who usher you through each room telling mysterious stories. By now, you'll probably all need lunch. This part of London can feel a bit tricky for family choices, so Bill's is a bit of a lifeline. Bill's is an informal cafe and brunchery that serves up big helpings of things like feta and avocado nachos, mac and cheese, fish finger sandwiches, or healthier options like a brown rice sole bowl. After lunch, we're going to take a short 10-minute walk through the posh neighbourhood of Fitzrovia, past the University of London and into Bloomsbury, otherwise known as London's literary hub. This area is home to the British Library on the bustling Euston Road. What? A library? With actual books that aren't pixelated? Yep, and so much more. This special echoey space houses some of the rarest children's classic literary manuscripts, drawings and letters from the best kids' authors from the last 200 years discover old manuscripts for The Jungle Book and just-so stories by Rudyard Kipling, or the original manuscript for Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. There's also letters from J.R.R. Tolkien to his grandson Michael and models of Winnie the Pooh and friends. It's enchanting for any age. Entry is free. Now, where to finish the day on a high note? all-star lanes just round the corner from the British Library in Victoria House. This retro-American diner-turned-bowling alley and DJ spot offers entertainment and a chance to burn off that last bit of energy. There's often a blues band playing and diner-style burgers and milkshakes. Remember to book your lane in advance, though. Evenings can get busy and a little noisy as well. Tuesday Tuesday is the day for thespians of all ages. Because today, we're off to London's theatreland. The West End, as it's also known, is pretty much the beating heart of central London. It's made up of 40 different venues. Just like Broadway in New York City, the West End represents some of the best commercial theatre in the Western world. The history of London's theatre scene really goes back to the 1500s. Our most popular playwright, William Shakespeare, put the city on the map by holding plays in various locations all over town. But Puritans of the time saw theatre and theatre goers as sinful, so many of these were shut down. And they came back strong in the 1660s, though. The first to arrive was the Theatre Royal in Drury Lane. The Theatre Royal Haymarket followed, and then the Royal Opera House in 1732. Today, about 19 million tourists flock here for over 200,000 annual performances, so be prepared for crowds. Now, here's a few tips on doing the West End with kids the right way. Number one. First things first, get out that London pass. Many of the biggest shows, as well as the lesser-known ones, are included on this pass. It usually helps you skip the queue as well. Number two. Check the age recommendations for the show you want to see. Some performances recommend you be a little discerning about the content. Number 3. For little ones who get tired by the night time, the reduced price matinee performances are a good bet. And also, Wednesdays tend to have the highest availability. Number 4. Be sure to check lovetheatre.com, lastminute.com or todaytix. They'll have some of the best online deals on tickets in the West End. Number 5. Check the seat plan before you book to be sure that kids have a good view, and that they don't get stuck behind a pillar. Seatplan.com is a good website for this, but some theatres also rent binoculars at the box office, just in case. Number 6. If you come in August, lucky you! This is Kids Week in London's theatre scene, which means kids get into shows and comedy for half price. The event used to only run for a week, but it's so popular now, it runs for the whole of August. Make sure to check age restrictions for each show, as many West End theatres don't permit toddlers or babies. For a theatrical experience to remember, grab tickets to The Lion King at the Lyceum Theatre on Wellington Street. It's massive, it's decadent, and it's served as many other things besides a theatre when it opened in 1765. It's been a bare-knuckle boxing ring, a circus and even a zoo. These days, The Lion King is the only show that matters here. It's had sold-out shows since 2011 and it's the most successful show of all time. And if you're already wandering around this part of Theatreland at 10am but without tickets, pop into the box office. A limited number of day seats for each night's performance go on sale every morning for about £20 each. Another atmospheric choice in the West End is a smaller, younger Cambridge theatre, which faces Covent Garden's seven dials. Right, by now, I'm guessing everyone could use an energy boost. If the sun's shining, head to Neil's Yard. Tucked away inside this colourful courtyard is a handful of cosy, independent cafes, shops and delis. Go to Home Slice for an inventive stone-baked pizza. Buy the slice. For sweet tooths? the St John Bakery does legendary donuts that need to be eaten to be believed. This is their first original bakery premise, so expect excellent breads, British cheese and locally produced wines as well. Back out in the main throng of Covent Garden, let's walk down towards the main market and the Royal Opera House. It's a major performing arts venue and also home to the Royal Ballet, but it was once a walled vegetable garden tended to by Westminster Abbey monks, Today's name is a derivation of Convent Garden. Around the Opera House and also the Covent Garden main piazza, you'll see dozens of talented street performers. Keep some change in your pocket for the kids to go and drop into their hats between acts. If you do venture into the covered piazza, make a point of seeking out the 100-year-old Benjamin Pollock toy shop. This would be my pick for toy shopping over the much more famous Hamleys on Regent Street, which I'll give a shout out to simply for its size and its notoriety. But for really boutique toys, Pollock's is a joy. Find it on top of the Covent Garden Market's first floor. One last stop for today, the London Transport Museum, located right on the Piazza. It's open 363 days a year and gives kids a fun, immersive education about the city's 200-year-old transport history. It's also super family-friendly and free for kids under 18. Hop on and off old Victorian buses and horse-drawn carts, discover hidden London's disused tube stations, and see the earliest steam-powered engine. If you're here between January and November, There's regular singing and storytelling sessions for kids every Tuesday and Friday.
0: Hi, everyone. Circa is recruiting new concierges. A Circa concierge is a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people on the ground, never bots. If you want to be a concierge for your city,
1: The Way Car Buying Should Be. Wednesday. If there's anything more British or London than a cup of tea, it's got to be the royal family. The monarchy and their world-famous residences attract over 5 million people into the capital each year. And it's a fascination that doesn't just stay with the grown-ups. The Tower of London, Kensington Palace... Westminster Abbey, Buckingham Palace and a few unexpected royal surprises are on the cards for the kids today. And you, of course. You ready to get regal? Let's start early in the Royal Muse, which is a few blocks from Buckingham Palace. It's home to all the historic royal carriages and possibly the poshest working stables your family will ever lay eyes on. Get up close to the Queen's horses and grab one of the audio guides with screens. This morning, we're going to watch the changing of the guard ceremony. Held daily at 11am near Buckingham Palace, it marks the moment when the soldiers currently on duty, the old guard, exchanges places with the new guard. Household troops have guarded the sovereign and the royal palaces since 1660, so you'll be witness to a storied example of British pageantry. After the ceremony, you'll want a peek inside the palace, of course. Standing outside the gates of Buckingham Palace, you'll be in one of the most filmed photographed spots on the planet. Green Park flanks the palace to your right and St. James's Park is over on the left. These are two mega fun royal parks that we'll definitely want to explore after we've toured the palace. Just be sure to pre-book your tickets to the palace via the link we've popped in the notes. Whilst you're here, get kids to check out the flagpole to find out whether the Queen is staying there on your visit. If it's the royal standard, a flag with four quadrants and many royal lions, that means Elizabeth II is in residence. But if it's the union flag, she's staying somewhere else. Once you're inside, request the kids' audio guide for your younger members, then begin making your way around some seriously grandiose rooms, including the throne room, the picture gallery and the ballroom. This is where the state dinners are held. Don't skip the immaculate palace gardens at the back. Fifteen gorgeous hectares for kids to run around in. You can get that much-needed cuppa and a slice of cake in the palace's pretty garden café afterwards. If you'd like to continue palace hopping, Kensington Palace is a two-storey Jacobean mansion that dates back to the early 1600s, and it's been a residence of the British royal family ever since... This is where the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge live, as well as other princes, princesses, dukes, duchesses. Luckily for you and your kids, it's also an amazing public museum. Take one of four different routes through the palace and discover digital presentations, exhibits and interactive experiences. For food, Kensington Palace Cafe is a laid-back, affordable cafe with toasties, paninis and a kid's box with five different items in there's also a tempting range of fresh cakes that are homemade on site, and of course, big pots of tea. Belly's full? Good. Let's jump on the Central Line and go from west over to central London for another royal highlight, the Tower of London. It's one of the most visited attractions in the city, and it's packed with a grisly history, loads of ghosts, and gigantic jewels. For kids to enjoy it and not be too scared, though, it's best if they're seven years or older. Tickets cost about £30 for adults and £15 for kids under 15. A few tips now to help your kids get the most from the Tower. Number one. Collect a Tower of London family trail from the Welcome Centre. Booklets with facts, quizzes and factoids about different parts of the Tower are all inside And it's perfect for kids to carry around and get more from the experience. Number two, give yourself at least two hours in the tower. Anything less will feel like you're speeding through. Also, it shuts at 4.30, so get here before 2pm to make it worthwhile. Number three, join a tour with one of the Yeomans wardens. Their knowledge and stories will delight children. The last daily tour is at 2.30pm in the winter and 3.30 p.m. in the summer. Now, I'll state the obvious, but you don't want to miss the crown jewels in the Jewel Room. Here, you'll see the most powerful symbols of the British monarchy and a collection of 23,578 gemstones. That is flabbergasting. There's also armed security and 100 hidden cameras just in case you get tempted. Next up is the Bloody Tower. You'll find Sir Walter Riley's study and a projection telling the story of the supposed murder of the 12-year-old Edward V and his younger brother Richard in 1483. It's gruesome, grisly, and apparently tower staff have reported hearing eerie cries and shouts coming from the tower after they've closed it up for the day. Be prepared to feel the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Don't worry, your kids are going to love it. Thursday. Let's go at a more leisurely pace today and begin our morning with a relaxed brunch close to St Paul's Cathedral. This magnificent building and its large dome is intrinsic to London's skyline, and packed with history. Even though the cathedral burnt down in the Great Fire of London in 1666, it was rebuilt in 32 years by the formidable British architect, Sir Christopher Wren. He's buried here in a tomb underground in the cathedral's crypt. It was used more recently to film scenes from Harry Potter. Remember how the wizard and his classmates ran up that big staircase to Professor Trelawney's classes? You'll find it just to the right of the main entrance, Check out Great Paul, a 16.5-tonne bell that's one of the largest on the planet. You can actually stare into the crypt on the floor through some grates. Famous residents include the poet John Donne, the Duke of Wellington, and Sir Alexander Fleming, the scientist who discovered penicillin. Let's do what we came here for, climb to the top. St Paul's has two sections, the first section, the Whispering Gallery, which you will reach by 257 steps that are wide and not that steep, so kind of easy. But wait for the view. You'll see the London Eye, the Houses of Parliament, Tower Bridge and the Gherkin. Basically, every amazing building that makes London, London. Now, let's head down to the Thames. En route, you might want to pop into the hidden and little-known Postman's Park, It's named after the workers from the old general post office who would come and relax here at lunch. You'll find lots of plaques here with stories about Londoners who died trying to save others' lives. Really, young kids won't care, but older kids find this park and its stories fascinating. You'll find it through some gates on King Edward Street, a stone's throw from the cathedral. Cross over to the south bank via the Millennium Bridge. Once we reach the other side, it's impossible not to see the giant smokestack that's sitting on top of a former Bankside power station. This is, of course, the Tate Modern. One of the top 10 contemporary art galleries in the world. A note on entry. If you want to visit particular featured exhibitions that are showing, book your tickets ahead of time to reduce queue time and ensure you get in when you want to. Under-12s go free, and family tickets are available for two adults and two kids between 12 and 18 years old. Once you're inside, let the ambience of the Tate's Turbine Hall wash over you. This 26-metre high space sits on top of a concrete raft. Underneath, there's a buried time capsule that contains the building's project plans, drawings by schoolchildren, and a piece of Swiss mountain crystal given by the architects. Take your time in this five-storey power station and bring some paper pads and crayons so your kids can draw or doodle their way through the exhibits, just not on them. Thankfully, the Tate is definitely on the informal, pro-kids side. Seeing youngsters sitting around on the floor, busy with their own sketches, isn't uncommon. In fact, the museum encourages it. A fun way to do the take with kids is to have a hit list of key pieces of art to hunt down and get them to share their thoughts on it. There's a permanent exhibit route that will help you take in some highlights, including Japanese artist Shinka Shoniba's British Library or Sildo Mireles' Babel, a high-stack sculpture made out of analogue radio. These immersive exhibits give every age group something to think about. If you're here on a Wednesday, Saturday or Sunday, Get them involved in one of the free tape Play workshops. Using recycled materials from nature, kids can create their very own futuristic works of art. Head to the seventh floor, where a family-friendly restaurant serves up crazy views of the metropolis below, and a great menu of modern British cooking at affordable prices. The best bit? At lunch, under 12s get a free main course with each adult that also orders a main. Close by the Tate is Shakespeare's Globe Theatre, a reconstructed Elizabethan playhouse that's only 200 yards from the site of the original. The theatre puts on lots of kids' workshops, events and special relaxed performances in the open air, complete with an open-door policy, always good for those unpredictable kiddos. Book ahead, but kids under three go free. Friday. London is the second most haunted city in the UK. Over 684 paranormal reports and sightings have been reported in the city, many of them in the area we'll be heading to today, the borough of Southwark and Bermondsey. A quick tip for you non-English. Southwark is not spelt remotely as it's pronounced. Drop the W when you say it. check the notes. To really enjoy this part of the city's gruesome 2,000 year history, let's jump into the London Bridge experience on Tooley Street, just outside of London Bridge Tube. It's won awards for just how much it manages to scare the living daylights out of visitors and apparently it's as haunted as it is scary. So definitely not for the faint of heart or the under 11s. But if your family can handle it, This experience blends the gory history of London Bridge into a horrifying and unforgettable few hours. You'll finish up in a maze that runs through the tombs, which are actually the old plague pits where thousands of dead bodies from the Great Plague ended up. Did somebody say freaky? Luckily, this part of town's more than just ghosts and ghouls. It's also home to Borough Market, a firm favourite for foodies, And a winning spot for families looking for a quick, delicious bite close to the river. After all that adrenaline, I reckon it's time for some comfort food, don't you? Borough Market is really worth lingering in, if only to soothe your frazzled nerves and take in a part of the city that's been in the record books as a trading site for over one thousand years. It's a short hop from London Bridge and just south of Southwark Cathedral, London's oldest Gothic cathedral. Slip inside this impressive building to gaze at its 13th century architecture and you might even get lucky and catch the Southwark choir whilst you're there. A 10-minute walk along the river, away from London Bridge via the Queen's Walk, is the world-renowned floating museum and battleship, the HMS Belfast. This World War II battleship has been everywhere from the Arctic to Korea during its 80-year career, but today, Its home is now on the Thames. Go inside to duck through its hatches, climb ladders and explore nine fascinating decks that give a real sense of what it's like to live on the high seas in wartime. There's plenty of family activities, missions and educational programs that will have kids diving into the inner workings of a battleship. It's the opposite of most quiet museums, which is why children love it. Entry onto HMS Belfast is £18 for adults and half of that for kids between five to 15 years old. To put a swashbuckling finale on the day's agenda, a replica of Francis Drake's pirate ship, the Golden Hind, is a full-scale reconstruction of the first English ship to sail around the world. Located near St. Mary Overy Dock, close to London Bridge Station, kids can explore solo or get a personal one-hour guided tour to learn about the boat's first ever global voyage, during which it captured from Spanish ships a haul of treasure worth nearly half a billion pounds in today's currency. Phew! We made it. Hopefully, we've left you and your little ones feeling dazzled and fulfilled, having played in spectacular parks, explored haunted tombs and towers, and walked in the footsteps of royalty. And as the saying goes... If you're tired of London, you're tired of life. Or in this case, if your kids are tired, you've planned your trip just right. Thanks for listening to our London Play Here episode. And don't forget to check the notes for all those tips and tricks we told you about. No matter when you're heading to London, you'll get instant access to the full guide, plus new episodes on a regular basis when you subscribe to Circa. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or download the Circa app where you can also get pictures, maps and notes on the places in this episode and more Maybe you'll want to sample our guides for Rome, New York Paris, LA and many, many more Circa Love the world you live in and we'll help you explore it